0: Welcome to Ottawa Valley Community Church, where we simply want to help you encounter Jesus, be transformed, and share His love. Well, I want to, uh, I want to take us into the sermon this morning, and my sermon is something that I preached here in 2013. And uh, I did a little tiny bit of reworking, even though I promised Pastor Aaron that I was going to, you know, just take this cool turkey and come back and do nothing while I'm on vacation. But I did play with this a little bit. And mostly when I got back, uh, I got up early this morning. But it's entitled, but it's not my dream. We're talking about the heart of a servant. And uh, in Genesis chapter 39 and verse it's about someone in the New Old Testament that is a, an awesome picture of Jesus, and it's no other than Joseph. The Lord was with Joseph, so he succeeded in everything he did as he served in the home of his Egyptian master. You say, but it's not my dream. You know, we have people sometimes that come and say, I got this big dream. I remember one of my former pastors uh, who pastored in St. John's, Newfoundland, and he moved to the outport and pastored in my church in my teen years. And he shared the story of this woman, this young lady, who came to his office and sat down and was very excited and said, I feel God is calling me into the ministry. Is there something that I could start with right here? And the pastor looked at her and said, that is wonderful. I need someone for the nursery. And she said, I don't do kids. Wow. Humility. Heart of a servant. Why church is what Pastor Aaron has been dealing with and he's addressing our part in fulfilling making disciples. That's what it's about. It's about the church making disciples. So I'm going to do I'm going to do my best to complement the topic that he's dealing with because this is something that we've been talking about a lot in our church prior to us working together as we are doing right now, and that is exactly what the church is all about, and it's about winning a lost world for Christ. It's about making disciples, and that starts right here at home, and then it takes us beyond our homes and even into other cultures as we branch out to win others for Christ. So, I want to do my best to complement why church, looking at important principles that qualify us to be used of God. Jesus introduced a building project in Matthew chapter 16 and verse 18 when He said, I will build. I got something that I'm building And I want to use you. You will become my instruments. You will become my tools that I will use to build what I'm building. And of course, it is the church. And as I think about that, I think about mindsets and the mindset of the New Testament church compared to the mindset of the church today and how much maybe we have drifted from what God intended. I, I, I'm going to throw, throw two words at you. One is a democracy, theocracy. We, the church is not a, de, a, a democracy. We have absolutely no rights. We submit ourselves to the master builder, he calls all the shots. He's the one that actually is in charge. So we live under a theocracy. First Corinthians chapter 6, verse 17 and 19 and 20. Paul, writing to the Corinthian church, I'm quoting the Passion Translation, says, But the one who joins himself to the Lord is mingled into one spirit with him. I love that. Mingled into one spirit with him. Have you forgotten that your body is now the sacred temple of the Holy Spirit? And uh, let me go back to that again: sacred temple of the holy of holiness, who lives in you. Now we don't like this. You don't belong to yourself any longer. Wow! If we had a democracy, if the Kingdom of God was a democracy, we could say, "Well, that's not fair." But you see, God is in control. And Paul said, you don't belong to yourself any longer. For the gift of God, the Holy Spirit lives inside your sanctuary. You were God's expensive purchase paid for with tears of blood. Wow. When God paid the price for us. Uh, Some translation uses the term slaves. We are slaves of God. We are servants. So how do we serve Him? We can trust Him. Jeremiah chapter 29 verse 11. I know this is a promise for Jeremiah at the time, but it's also something that's relevant for us today. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, Plans to give you a hope and a future. God has got awesome plans for us. And if we learn His plan and we follow it, it is amazing what God will do. Peterson paraphrased it this way, I know what I'm doing. I have it all planned out. Plans to take care of you, not to abandon you. Plans to give you the future that you hope for. Then this morning, this is some of the things I uh, just added in because they helped to make the blend into where we're going as, a ch- uh, as two churches or as a church because we are of the same family. We are the church. And so it's you and I this morning. Uh, Psalm 139 and 16, it says there, you saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day came to pass. Every moment. So God has got a plan and a design. And what we need to do is we need to discover his plan. So that we flow in his will and his desire. So Joseph is an awesome example of what it is to walk in humility. What it is to walk as a servant of God, and we're going to look at this story of Joseph for a few moments this morning. The Lord was with Joseph, so he succeeded in everything he did as he served in the home of his Egyptian master. Qualifying factors of a true disciples, we find them in Joseph, who the Old Testament Jesus. It's a picture of Jesus in Joseph. And I want you to see this this morning. We find uh, Joseph's Old Testament Jesus, and uh, Paul said, follow my example, he said, as I follow Christ. 1 Corinthians 11 and 9 puts it this way in the New Living Translation, and you should imitate just as I imitate Christ. Now, I know this is going to scare you, and it scares me too this morning. If we are really going to be an authentic child of God, we should be able to say, Paul did this. This sounds like pride, but it really isn't. Paul did it. Paul said, Follow my example. Look at me. Follow my example as I follow Christ. I'm going to be, Paul said, I'm going to be like Jesus. I'm going to submit myself to him. I'm going to submit myself to His will. So you follow me, imitate me. I get a little scared of that sometimes because anybody here perfect? No, we're not perfect, right? And sometimes we make mistakes, and sometimes we sin. We come short of God's glory. And actually, I don't think Paul was perfect. He really wasn't. Paul actually, from my studies that I remember when I was training to be a pastor, that Paul had a little bit of a temper problem. <laughs> he was, you know, some, some, sometimes he can get really kind of aggressive. So, I love the way that the Passion translation puts it. It says, "I want you to pattern your lives after me, just as I pattern mine after Christ." Pattern your life after me just as I have my life after Christ. Dawn is here this morning. She's my daughter. Diana, of course, is my other daughter who was on staff with me. And you know, uh, When I had that fall uh, four years ago on the ice, and I had a couple brain surgeries, and I was in a recovery stage, and I remember Diana saying, you know, Dad, you need to get away from all of this and get a little bit of a break, so I'm going as far as Quebec City to pick up Owen, whose dad is bringing Owen as far as Quebec City, and uh, you want to go? Get away from everything? And I said, yes. And my family tried to stop me from going. They were saying, I don't think this is a good idea for you problems and beating over the roads and everything else, but I said, no, I'm going. And uh, I literally said to them, you can forget all of that. I'm just going to get away. I say all that to say this me an opportunity to have a one-on-one chat as we traveled over the highway with Diana. I don't know why I said it, but I said to her, Diana, was I a good dad? And Diana said, what? <laughs> was I a good dad? Of course you were. We are who we are, and we are where we are now because of you and your example and, and, and that's what Paul was saying here. I want you to, you to pattern your lives after me just as I pattern mine after Christ. Now, I'm not saying that to boast because I'm not a perfect father. But anyway. Uh, so, it's not my dream. <clears throat> Joseph is faithfully serving God and fulfilling a dream, but not his own. You're going to see this. This is where people fail many times. Is that I'm willing to be a servant and I'm willing to serve. So I can say what the dream is going to be like, and I'm fulfilling my dream. But he is serving and fulfilling the dream, but it's not his. We will see some key components that will help us to understand why many not, uh, why you may not be succeeding in fulfilling. Your dream. Island of uh, uh, the Dominican. I was walking the beach. Dorothy, of course, because of her leg, couldn't walk the beach. She was sitting in the chair, so I'm going down the beach for a walk. And I'm, with, uh, and, uh, I'm walking on the beach, and I come across these couple young and they were writing something sand. And when I looked at it, it was like Ezekiel. It wasn't scripture. It wasn't about that, but it was something uh, that they probably were falling in love with. You you ever did that? Come on, you write their name in the sand. Yeah. And put a little heart by it. And God whispered in my heart and said, you know what? This is what happens to many dreams and they are not successful because they write their dream in the sands of time and the storms come and the waves come, it just washes away. But if you would learn to write your dream in the sands of heaven, not your goal. It's a place that when you engraft something into it, there's absolutely no storm that will come your way that will you from that dream, and that's what Joseph experienced. He was—he is an awesome example. I'm not going to get through all of this this morning, and next Sunday we, have, by the way, we have uh, Randall Naylor, who is our missionary, and his wife in Hong Kong. They're going to be with us next Sunday, and we're going to uh, uh, certainly enjoy their story and what God is doing with them in Asia, in China. Very interesting. And so we're going to be with them, or they're going to be with us next Sunday. The Sunday after, I'm going to be gone for one more Sunday. I'm going down east to be with Owen and Diana. And so when I get back, uh, I'll do the second half of this one. But let me share this with you this morning. Joseph had a dream. You know the story. Genesis chapter 37, verses 5 to 12. One night Joseph... When he told his brothers about it, they hated him more than ever. Now, when I read that, it didn't say they hated him, but it said they hated him more. So they were already hating this kid. I mean, the favorite of the father. Remember that he. That his father had especially made for him. It reminded me of something very, very special from my childhood. There's not a lot that I do remember, and there's not a lot that I cherish I still wish I had. But one thing this day I wish I had it hanging in my closet is when my mother when we were poor and we didn't have we couldn't afford to buy clothes, and mother would take 2nd ladies' winter's coats And she would take them all apart and get all the fabric. And she made a three-piece suit for every one of us boys. I never forgot that. That was my special coat. Oh, if she had only hung on to that. That would be something that I would from time to time look at. Well, Joseph was the, I don't know if you call him daddy's boy or what he was. He was favored. And so they hated him. Listen to this dream, he said. My bundle stood up, and your bundles gathered around and bowed low before mine. And his brothers responded, So you think you will be our king, do you? Do you actually think that you will reign over us? And they hated him all the more because of his dreams and the way that he talked about them. Soon Joseph had another dream. And again his brothers um, uh, he told his brothers about it. Listen, I had another dream, he said. The sun, moon, and eleven stars bowed down before me. This time, he told a dream to his father, and uh, as well as his brothers. But his father scolded him. What kind of dream is that? He asked. Will you and I and your brothers actually come and bow down to the ground before you? But while his brothers were jealous of Joseph, his father wondered what the dream meant. So Joseph had this dream. So he is in the pursuit of this dream. And can I say again this morning, God has a dream for every one of us. He really does. He has a part that he wants us to play in this great commission in reaching out to the lost So in pursuit of Joseph's dream, there was one major contributing factor to his success. And it was this, Joseph had the heart of a servant. And wherever he was, he would serve. Although the dream was delayed, delayed maybe 20 to 26 years, imagine that he continued to demonstrate always the heart of a servant. He walked in humility. Do you know that every time God gives us a dream, start we have to start with humility? Verse 14, if my people who are called by my name will pray, did I make a mistake? Will pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear their, whatever it is, and and I, and I will heal their land. It's not what it says. Oh yeah, that's all there. But it starts with this and every dream, if we're going to fulfill God, it God's way, it starts if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves. Humility. And Joseph, Jesus I'm going to see that later on uh, Joseph walked in humility. Joseph had many reasons to remain uninvolved in the pursuit of his dream and not give his energy to the dreams of others. His dreams were not coming true. His own brothers had betrayed him, had done him wrong. His circumstances were not fair. They really weren't. When Joseph was, you know, when Potiphar's wife decided to try to have a fling and then she set him up and and he being cast into prison for something he didn't do. He could have complained. But pay close attention because you might be shocked when you see what led to the success in his dreams and what God actually expects of true servants. We will see key reasons Joseph made it uh, from a pit to a palace. Number one this morning... Uh, I've already said, but it's not my dream. Joseph, in the pursuit of his dream, was willing to serve under Potiphar's dream. You, you might say to yourself, why should I serve? It's in my dream, and it's not mine. This is not what God has in store for me. God is not in this. This is the result of my dream and now I have to endure all of this and you really expect that God wants me to actually serve in Potiphar's house when you look at the many, at my dreams you will have to acknowledge that God wasn't in what happened in the desert of Shechem but we find Joseph not fulfilling his own dreams but the dreams of another and what, this is what he does He serves. The heart of a servant. I've had people say sometimes, you know, I got big things God wants me to do. I got big dreams. And and I would say to that individual, you you develop a, a servant's heart. You have humility and you start serving where you are. Even if it's in the secular, you serve. Christians are supposed to be the best workers. We really are. Follow my example, Paul said, as I follow Christ. Do the best that we can. He serves. He has the heart of a servant. What do most Christians do when someone tampers with their dream or they find themselves serving under another, uh, the dream of another? They refrain from involvement. But Joseph refused to remain uninvolved, and God blessed him as he served. In Genesis 39 and 2, the Lord again was with and blessed them greatly as, what was the condition for the blessing? As he served in the home of his Egyptian master. Then in Genesis 39, verse 5 and 6, from the day Joseph was put in charge, the Lord began to bless Potiphar for Joseph's sake. Wow. God blessed the secular ruler, because of Joseph, for Joseph's sake. All his household affairs begin to run smoothly and his crops and livestock flourish. So Potiphar gave Joseph complete administration responsibility over everything he owned. With Joseph there, he didn't have a worry in the world except to decide what he wanted to eat. That's why I love where I was the last two weeks all-inclusive. Boy, I tell you, it paid a price. Uh, that's the only thing he had to worry about. Is, oh, what am I going to eat tomorrow? I wonder. Wow. But you say, but it wasn't Joseph's dream. And you say, where I am right now is really not the fulfillment of my dream. Could God be working? Could God be helping you to be humble? Because he's not going to use us until we are But then things go terribly wrong, from bad to worse. Uh, In chapter 39, Potiphar's wife refuses, so he sits him up, and his master now takes him and casts him into prison. Now what? We find Joseph again demonstrating the heart of a servant. We find him serving the jailer. But now look at it, he's serving the jailer's dream. Wow. Again in prison, Joseph refused to remain uninvolved, and God blessed him as he served. Thinking about ministering in China. Just it's not in my sermon, it just my heart, then oh, I read. Story of a woman one time who was in uh, in uh, China who was put in prison in solitary confinement because she served God, and she was put down into solitary confinement down into the you know the lowest part of the prison, and it was there she was there for years and years, and and actually she had to sit on her own six feet high, that's where she lived. And the time came when they were finally going to free her, and she said, I don't want to go. God wants me here. What? She led many in the other cells through a little hole in the wall. She would tell them about Jesus. And she won many into the kingdom. And she felt that's where God, that's her dream. That's part of humility. Certainly is. Genesis 39, 20 to 23. So he took Joseph, threw him into prison where the king's prisoners were held, and there he remained. But the Lord was with Joseph in prison and showed him his faithful love. And the Lord made Joseph a, wow, again, a favorite among the prison or with the prison warden. And before long, the jailer put Joseph in charge of all the other prisoners and over everything that happened in the prison. Isn't that amazing? He's serving under someone else's dream, but he's doing what God wants him to do. The chief jailer had no worries after that because Joseph took care of everything. The Lord was with him, making everything run smoothly and successfully. Then you know the story how there were a, a couple people from the king's palace, the cupbearer and the baker. The king got kind of tick with these guys, and maybe they weren't cooking so good, and got a little bit lazy, and he put them in prison, and they're in prison, and they have a dream. And Joseph interprets the dream for them. It was good for one and not so good for the other. One guy is that you're going to get out of prison and you're going to you're going to live for the other guy. It's when you get out of here, the king is going to get ticked and he's just going to off with your head. Wow! So they're released from prison, and when they are released, Joseph says to them, oh, "Would you put in a word for me with the king, with Pharaoh? Would you put in a good word? Don't forget me in air. <clears throat> They forgot him for two years. Two years went by. He thought maybe you know this is the opportunity. These guys are going to talk to Pharaoh, and I'm going to get out of this place. It. And the cupbearer remembered Joseph. No one could interpret the dream. Then he remembered Joseph two years later, and uh, you know the story of Joseph. How oh, he was. So now we find Joseph in a moment uh, living under Pharaoh's dream. But now it's Pharaoh's dream. Still, it's not his. But once again, Joseph refused to remain uninvolved. God blessed him as he served. In Genesis 41, we see Joseph being summoned to interpret Pharaoh's dreams. The dreams meant good and then seven years of famine. And you know the story. He told uh, Pharaoh that, listen, in this seven years of plenty, you stock your barns full, you get ready for a famine because there's a famine coming. Joseph's advice then was, find someone wise and intelligent to run the affairs of Egypt. Now, when he said that, he didn't go, (coughs) he didn't He didn't say that. He just said, find someone intelligent and able to run the affairs of Egypt. He made a reference to himself. I gained the humility. Listen to Pharaoh in Genesis 41 and 37. Joseph's suggestions were well received by Pharaoh and his officials. So Joseph, you know, the story is put in charge of all of Egypt, but he is fulfilling Pharaoh's dream. It still not is. The art of a servant is coming out. I asked this question 13 year, or, or back in 2013 to my congregation. Are you struggling with serving someone else's dream? God will always start there. He will test you. He will see how well you will do. Are you refusing to serve under anyone because they are not fulfilling your dream or how you interpret the dream should go? If so, you do not have the heart of a servant. You're not a Joseph, and you will never see your dream being fulfilled. But this is what Joseph did. Forty-one Genesis 41, 38 to 44. Let me read it quickly to you this morning. So Pharaoh asked his officials, Can we find anyone else like this man so obviously filled with the Spirit of God? Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, Since God has revealed the meaning of the dreams... To you, clearly no one else is as intelligent or wise as you are. to Joseph, um, I hereby put you in charge of the entire land of Egypt. Then Pharaoh removed his signet ring, this is powerful, from his hand and placed it on Joseph's finger. He blessed him in fine linen and clothing and on a gold chain around his neck. Then he had Joseph ride in uh, the chariot reserved for his second in command. And wherever Joseph went, the command was shouted, kneel down. So Pharaoh put Joseph in charge of all of Egypt. And Pharaoh said to him, I am Pharaoh, but no one will lift a hand or a foot in the entire land of Egypt without your approval. Isn't that amazing? Faithfulness of Joseph. But it's not my dream. Whose dream is he fulfilling now? Pharaoh's. And it's certainly not a godly man. And that's whose dream he's filling. He's a man who will call someone back from prison simply to stick them on a pole and let the birds eat them just for the fun of it. That's the man he's serving. Do brutal things. If you want to light up your court to have a party at night, you just take a few Christians and you put them on a dinner and you put them on a cross and you light them on fire. That was their lights. These are the kind of people that Joseph is serving. He's a man who will call someone back, as I said. Um, Let me go ahead. But wait a second. In the process of continuing to display the heart of a servant, he is actually seeing his dreams fulfilled. Wow. Yes, it is Joseph's dream. Finally. I'm going to get there in a second. We then come to uh, Genesis 42, the start start of the fulfillment of Joseph's dream. Since Joseph was governor over all of Egypt and in charge of selling grain to the people, it was to him (laughs) that his brothers came. And when they arrived, they bowed down before him with their, well, isn't that neat? With their faces to the ground. Joseph recognized his brothers instantly, but he pretended to be a stranger and spoke harshly to them. Where are you from? He demanded. From the land of Canaan, they replied. We came to buy some food. Although Joseph recognized his brothers, they didn't recognize him, and he remembered the dreams he had about them many years before. Then we go down to verse 26. When Joseph came home, they gave him the gifts they had brought him. They bowed down to the ground before him. Twenty-something years later, he's seeing it. And you know why he's seeing it? Because of his faithfulness. And after greeting them, he asked, Father, the old man that you spoke about, is he still alive? Yes, they replied, Our Father, your servant is alive and will. And they bowed low again. Wow. The heart of a servant. Then we go to uh, verse 33 and 34. Joseph took him into his private chambers for lunch, for supper. And we see there, Joseph told each of his brothers where to sit. And to their amazement, he seated them according to age, from oldest to youngest. Uh, How did he ever know that? Still didn't catch on, but I love this. These are the brothers who hated him. Any of you ever had someone who literally hated you with a passion? You know what it feels like. They betrayed him. They put him in a pit. They were going to and, and, and he listening as they were kill that brother. His coat and they tore it all up on him. They were envious of that coat. But I love this and Joseph filled the plates with food from his own table. Wow. He filled it with food from his own table. He's serving the very ones who betrayed him. Giving Benjamin five times with him. Uzi serving these are the men his own brothers who tore his beautiful coat his father had made for him. These are the men who put him in a pit, as I said a moment ago, and were were coming up with ways that they could kill him to get rid of him. These are the men who sold him as a slave. What about the dream now? These are the men, you know, who put him in positions because of what they had done where he had to serve somebody else. part of a servant. Okay, I lost my place there for a sec. In Genesis 45, Joseph, I'm almost through, reveals his identity to his brothers. Joseph wasn't pursuing his own dream, but God's. We have to be careful. I don't care how close they are to you care if it's someone within the kingdom who betrays you. Be careful of how you respond. God could be in it. Joseph wasn't pursuing his own dream, but God's. Uzi serving. The heart of the matter comes out in verse uh, uh, in Genesis 15. Jacob, Joseph returned to with his brothers and all who had accompanied him to his father's burial, and now uh, that their father was dead, Joseph's brothers became fearful. Oh, they know him now. Now Joseph will show his anger and pay us back for all the wrong that we had did. I um, mean, he's the second Ias in the kingdom here. They said. So they sent this message to Joseph before your father died. He instructed. For the great wrong that they did to you, for their sin in treating you so cruelly, so we, the servants of the God of your father, beg you to forgive our sin. When Joseph received the message, it says he broke down and wept. His heart was tender. Then his brothers came and threw themselves... Down before him, Joseph, look, we are your slaves, they said. But Joseph replied, don't be afraid of me. Am I God that I can punish you? Now, I love this. this is amazing. Verse 20, you, your motives were evil. You intended it for harm, but God intended it all for good. God was in it. I was sharing with someone. Uh, I, I actually coming in church this morning. I uh, we were talking about, you know, we we go through some terrible times in life, and there have been times. I've gone through some horrific things in the ministry. And there came a point in time when I grew from that and matured from that and got to a place where I said, thank you, Jesus. I went through burnout in my own province. Some people treated me cruelly. I went through a total breakdown. I went through burnout. And I didn't think when I moved eventually to Nova Scotia and started pastoring that I would ever say, God, that was so cool. Well, it wasn't cool. Maybe that's not a good word, but God, I thank you for what you took me through. Amen. And all of us can do that this morning. You intended to arm me, but God was in this. God intended it all for good, not just for Him, but for His family, for the very ones that betrayed Him, His own people. But as for you against me, but God meant it for good in order to bring it about as it is this day to save my people alive. So the old thing got in it, and it was Joseph's response that helped facilitate the dream in the end. You say, it's not my dream. As our worship team comes back this morning, it's not my dream, Pastor. What I'm serving right now is really where, not where God wants me, but God wants you to be faithful right where you are. Amen? He really does. Because Joseph had the heart of a servant, because Joseph served under Potiphar, the jailer, and then Pharaoh, because Joseph served under someone else's dream, his dream was fulfilled. And his family Was saved. You say this morning, Pastor, my desire is to see my family saved. Have the heart of a servant. Amen. Pursue your dream. Now, there's another thing about Joseph that is totally amazing, and I am with this this morning. And next Sunday, we're going, or uh, two in a row when I'm back, we are going to look at a portrait of Jesus and Joseph, and the common denominators. They're all there. And if we have the same characteristic in us, we will see God fulfill His dream in us. I love how Joseph treated them. I love how He forgave them. In Genesis 41 and 51, it says, Joseph named his older son, Manasseh, for he said, God has made me forget all of my troubles and everyone in my father's family. Wow. God has made me forget it all. Did he literally forget? I don't think it means that. But I think it means that he helped me to get beyond all that was done to me. And that's why he was successful. Manessa in the Hebrew mean cause, means causing to forget. You know, I've experienced that. I used to have a story that I used to tell when I was in ministry earlier back in Newfoundland. And I, would, I didn't give names, but I told the story. I told what they did and how, you know, how, how difficult it was and how God helped me through it. And then I moved to Nova Scotia, and I, I, I used sometimes in a sermon the same story, but I, I've, I forgot where it happened. I couldn't remember who did it to me. But they did it. I remembered that part. But I couldn't remember who did it to me. And now I'm at a stage I can't remember absolutely anything about it. I couldn't tell you who, what, when, where, why, and how. That's what Joseph experienced. God helped him to put it behind them. You know, many people will never see their dream fulfilled because they're holding on to stuff they need to let go of and be liberated and be set free. Joseph recognized his brothers. They didn't recognize him. And he remembered the dreams he had about them many years before. He didn't forget, but he refused to rehearse them over and over in his mind. That's past. God is in this. They helped me fulfill my dream. They're still my brothers. Yes. But it's not my dream. Next week, as I said, we're going to take a look at why was Joseph successful? Because If I could use this phrase, Joseph was a little Jesus. He was Jesus in the Old Testament. And you know what we're called to be? Say it. Who? Who are we called to be? Oh, you're afraid to say it. Come on. You're you're going to be right. Jesus. We're called to be Jesus. When I go to the Walmart to, uh, tomorrow, and I walk in to get something and I'm not being treated fairly, who am I going to be? I'm going to be Jesus. Amen? When you go home from here and you, you might encounter individuals that God has put in your path to develop you and prepare you for your journey. who are we going to be? I want to be Jesus. I want to be like Him. Father, I thank You for Your Word this morning. And I realize that we are living in the last days, and I realize that we are approaching the return of Christ. I believe, Lord, that is not too much longer. But as I look over these communities, as I look, Lord, and I see many that are lost without you, we look through our neighborhoods, Lord, and we see individuals that are lost without you. I'm asking this morning, Lord, that you would give each of us the favor that you gave Joseph, that we would find favor in our neighborhood, that people would realize there's something different about us. And, Lord, that every one of us in all of our neighborhoods combined, that we will be an influence in the workplace, Lord, that we would find favor because people would see Jesus in us. They would see the character of Christ. They would see the character of Joseph in the Old Testament. And Lord, that you would give us favor. And when we get favor, it is then that the door opens for us to be able to share you and all that you are. I pray that you will bless us as we work together, Lord, in the days that are ahead. And, God, that we would become everything that you desire us to be, to be an influence, and to fulfill the Great Commission right in our neighborhoods to other parts of the world. Lord, that we would be faithful to you. Help us to dream, Lord. You love dreamers. Help us to dream your dreams and believe in you and your ability for us to be able to fulfill them. We ask your blessing in your name. Amen and amen. Bless you this morning, folks. Thanks for joining us. To connect to the ministries of Ottawa Valley Community Church, visit ovchurch.ca.